0: is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome back to Wells Tech, everybody. This is episode six hundred and eighty-six, and we're recording it on Tuesday, July twenty-sixth, twenty twenty-two. My name is Martin Spriggs, a show about technology and ministry, and where those two, of course, intersect. And helping me discuss that and uh, all things tech and ministry, Sally Draper. Hey, Sally.
1: Hi, Martin. Here we are again on a Tuesday. I guess a Tuesday. People guessing yeah, it feels comfortable. Days. <laughs> we felt we've been Tuesday for many years. We switched to Thursday and now we're kind of vacillating. I think it's because it's summertime and our schedules are a bit up in the air.
0: We're flexible, though. Yes, that's right. Have so. to be flexible. Yeah. Very good. How's your week going?
1: Well, it's going pretty good. I'd characterize it as Family centralized. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you said the date, I realized it's my oldest son's birthday. This is the day I became a mom, just 27 uh, short years ago. And so shout out Stanley on his birthday. And then yeah. I have family in town. Pastor our Draper. That's right. Pastor Draper and Kakana. Uh, our middle son's in town, and he brought along our first grandson who was born last November. You might remember uh, I did a podcast from far west north dakota and Mm -hmm. held baby russell and he was less than a week old and showed him off on the podcast well he's a big uh eight month old now and uh just super adorable and we're just soaking up every second we can with him really enjoying it did you guys get family time this summer as well
0: Oh yes, and yes, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) We've mixed that in with moving and job changes and all the other stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, it's been good. We were out in Denver last week, which is where my son has moved Uh, recently. A couple months ago, he moved out there, so we saw him and his lovely bride, and I got to experience some of that. the beauties of the Rocky mountains. So it was a nice. uh, neat time. We only were there's kind of a long weekend Thursday through Tuesday with the uh, travel day on each end, but, uh, it was a really nice time. So okay. we're looking forward to more trips and they're coming out in, in August too. So, um, lots of stuff going on. Excellent. And you're moving too. So yeah, I guess it's the, the summer
1: moves. You moved, uh, last month, I'm moving in early August and uh, settling down in a, a new home that we hope to make yes. our forever home because we've been kind of mobile for a while. So yeah. looking forward to that.
0: So lots of things on the old to do. To park a little. Yes. <laughs> Say it again.
1: It- I said it's got a place to park a little RV, so we're still going to be quasi
0: mobile. Wow, look so. at that! Awesome.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it will. It has been a busy summer. It continues to be a busy summer.
0: Lots of things that fill up the old to-do list. Then, uh, if yours is anything like mine, which is a nice segue into our topic for the day, and that is. How do you manage all that stuff? Uh, Personal productivity. We're kind of in the midst of our Enhancing Ministry with Technology series, which is a course I'm going to be teaching for Martin Luther College coming up in the spring. And um, this is just one of a number of things that we've been talking about, but maybe a topic that we really, really uh, are at home with on the Wells Tech podcast, because I think it's of general interest to everybody. How does technology help us stay organized and get, get stuff done?
1: Yeah, and maybe a great place to start, Martin, is just exactly what is personal productivity, why it matters and why is it so darn hard mm-hmm. to achieve a productive life? So I guess uh, one thing that you hit on is that everybody's got to be aware of um, being productive. Everybody has to-do list. It's not something that just people in ministry or people in certain careers or whatever have. It's very... Um, global in that regard. And so it, it matters to everyone that they accomplish tasks and uh, get things off their to-do list. And it certainly matters in ministry as you uh, try to progress all your efforts and all the different um, areas that you're trying to serve and that kind of thing. Um, so I guess maybe that gets us to the why is it so hard question. And I think for me, at least that kind of points to self-discipline and and consistency and things like that. When I start a new productivity plan, I'm going to do things a certain way. I'm excited at the beginning, and then I kind of fall off the wagon at times. And so that's probably Mm -hmm. um, one of my biggest challenges with personal productivity.
0: Yeah, I think for me, similar. similar. Uh, I think one of the Biggest challenges, which we'll kind of lead off the discussion with, is finding a consistent way to get stuff out of your head and into a system that you can refer to and trust in. Um, And that should be easier than it is because we have all the tools necessary. We have mobile devices and tablets and uh, things on those devices, and even just pen and paper. Uh, it's just the discipline of having it with you. And once something comes into your little sphere, uh, make sure you're capturing it so that it can resurrect itself at the appropriate time where you can do something about it. Because rarely does something come into your life that you can immediately, uh, that's going to be ultimately a to-do that you can do right then. You know, So it's going to be something that you have to do in the future. So the part about personal productivity that I think is so hard is capturing it so that it comes back at the right time when you're ready to accomplish that to do at the, at the appropriate time with the appropriate tools. So
1: yep. I can almost hear David Allen's voice in my <laughs> ear, David Allen, the <laughs> yes, author I'll of put a link Getting to that Things Done. In the show notes.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, we've talked about that probably from the very beginning of this podcast, Martin, he's been around for a while with his productivity and it's almost like that capturing part is harder than actually doing the things at (laughs) times. Um, because if you really don't invest and do it consistently, then those things are just constantly replaying in your brain and nagging you and distracting you. Um, but when you have a way to put it in a place where, you know, you're going to deal with it. Um, when the time comes, it, it releases all that pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Your brain has, uh, enough to worry about other than trying to remind itself, well, I can't forget to, you know, all these, right. So, you know, get those, get those loops out of there and ultimately down into some kind of system. So like I mentioned, there are plenty of tools out there to enable you to most of us carry a phone almost all the time, you know, whether it's in your purse or pocket or whatever, rarely are you in a situation, certainly where some of these things come into your life where you don't have something to to capture it with. Uh, I've taken to carrying my little iPad uh, to most uh, meetings and maybe locations. I take it to church, for instance, um, where I can jot stuff down, uh, take pictures, look up things. Those kinds of things are all available to me, you know, in, in that tablet and on those devices, we have uh, great app software applications, you know, to, to capture those in. But uh, I think first and foremost, have something with you that you can either capture it to do a note, a phone number, you know, whatever it is that you need to, to jot down that you need to, to bring back at the appropriate time.
1: Yeah. Maybe not ministry related, but I just was reminded that one of my, um, Go-to things now, and I'm going to say this name with trepidation. But it's Alexa. I didn't <laughs> wake her up, so I'm good. Um, anybody and, else's? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The lady
0: in the box.
1: <laughs> that that name we shall not mention. Um, but especially for shopping lists, like I don't even mm-hmm. think about it anymore. I constantly say her name and tell her what to put on my shopping list, and I can do that just as I'm walking around my house because there are devices in different rooms that I can speak to, or I can do it on my phone, just like you said, and I can do it with voice or I can type in things to my shopping list. So shopping is just like a no brainer to me now. And um, it's funny because um, my family members could also speak to her, but oftentimes it's uh, verbally communicated to me. Next time you go to the store, get this. Uh And then I immediately say, her name. Add this to my shopping list because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier than having to try to remember those things. For sure. For sure.
0: Yeah, I do. The, I do the same thing, and it's neat because you can mm-hmm. share shopping lists, and different people in the household can can add it if they if they so chose. Another thing mm-hmm. that I really use a mobile device for is document scanning. You know, we used to back in the day, we could probably go back and find episodes where we talked about our favorite scanners, you know what we used to, to mm-hmm. put a paper, put a piece of paper on some glass and push a button and, and have it digitized. Uh, mostly, I do that with a phone at this point, and I use a program called Scanner Pro. That does that. So, any receipt that comes across my desk gets put in there, not just to keep the desk clean, but to have a good way of organizing that information. So, in case I need to look something up, I can search for it, I can categorize it. Uh, Most stores will accept uh, a scan, or if I have to print it out, I can do that as well. If I want to return something, I can use that as well. So, there really is no purpose in keeping that paper around. Plus it's in a little bit more organized fashion and uh, super simple. Uh, these programs and I know you use one too, Sally, that uh, does the same thing, but it's aligns things. It OCRs it so that you can search it. Um, it uh, you know, crops the corners, uh, etc. It just makes it super easy. You can save it right into, I save all my stuff into Google drive. So I've got that in the cloud. So just a, a super convenient way to stay productive with kind of the normal buy and, you know, the the, the buying process and the receding process, uh, plus other documents too, not just receipts. Mm-hmm.
1: I use it a lot to scan images. If I have a physical photo, you know, you can scan those in easily mm-hmm. as well. And I think for me, the biggest plus, the one I use is called Genius Scan, is that alignment and cropping that you su- adjusted um or mentioned that allows you to get rid of any skews so when you take a f- image and your phone isn't exactly 100 percent parallel to the image yep. then corners aren't quite uh 90 degrees in the mm-hmm. image that you get but when you use these uh tools it just straightens everything right back up and so i'm just really sold on genius can i guarantee you, i use it every single day it's yep. it's very i do too um popular on my phone very mm-hmm. good very good tool yep
0: so. um yeah i do it a lot for things that i need to submit for healthcare care um, those kinds mm-hmm. of things just go right into the right folder and then uh, i don't have to worry about it
1: Exactly. Speaking of
0: cloud storage, this is where we store these, these documents, not always just local storage. Probably a good idea to have at least one backup and usually in the cloud. We've talked about document management already. We'll just briefly touch on it here. Uh, organization obviously is key when you're storing stuff in a digital fashion. You want to be able to find it. You uh, usually want to be able to search for it or uh use it, some kind of tagging system to, to get things uh, up on the screen when you, when you need them. Uh, but there's the usual suspects, Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive, iCloud Drive. Um, those are all suitable tools, and um, I think they've taken nice steps in the recent past for security. Uh, if you're really concerned, then you can store it locally or encrypt it. Uh, in the cloud, uh, uh, apply a password or whatever. Those tools allow you to do that kind of stuff.
1: Yep. And I was just reminded this week, my daughter-in-law said to me, my Google account is filling up. I'm going to run out of storage soon. And that happened to me because Mm -hmm. I rely on the cloud so much. And of course, if you do use Drive, Um, It's a combination of your Google Drive, your Gmail storage, and your Google Photo storage. So it does add up when you're using it in all different ways. But the thing is, the storage amounts are are so affordable. Um, If you um, do it annually, you can get 100 gig for $20 a year. So um, really, pocket change when you break it down to a monthly cost and everything, just um, worth it to go ahead and yep. spend the money and have the storage that you need available to you.
0: I think I do the 2.99 a month plan for 200 mm-hmm. gigs basically. And I've not, mm-hmm. not even close to, to hitting that. So yeah, very, very reasonable for what you get. Certainly. Um, Definitely. All right. Uh, one of the bonuses, of course, is they are on your mobile devices as well. So you mm-hmm. can get them not just on your computer, but also your tablet, your your phone, whatever. So um, good stuff. And we should always mention backups. You, know, you need at least a couple copies of everything that you have uh, because... One copy you could just assume does not really even exist because it's going to disappear at some point. You need a couple back backup copies, and I usually have things backed up in three places. I'll have it on my hard disk, I'll have it uh, backed up to a local hard drive, and then into the cloud. So I've got uh, three chances of retrieving what uh, may have been corrupted in some way, shape, or form. So don't uh, don't put that off if you're not doing that. You're living you're 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 flying without a net. Uh, so. No life insurance. Huh? <laughs> no life
1: insurance. Yeah. The thing is, it sounds intimidating, but it's not that hard once you set it up. It just does its thing. Those backups, so yep, worth worth the time investment.
0: Next category is what we call notes or note taking, and we've talked about this in the past as well, Sally. I know you take digital notes, uh, whether you take paper or digital notes. I think there's there's got to be a structure, a plan, or some discipline related to, to doing that. Uh, I use Notability, which I think I've made a pick in the in the not too recent past. Um, Notability just is a tablet app. Works, I think it's only on the iPad, if I want to say that correctly. I may have that wrong, but uh, it's, it's on the Mac as well. Um, but it is a super flexible kind of sheet-based tool that you can throw anything at. You can uh, put in pictures. You can obviously use the Apple Pencil, draw your notes. You can type. Um, It has great searching capabilities. Um, I know you use GoodNotes, right, Sally?
1: That's right. GoodNotes mainly went that route because... It works well with PDFs, so you can bring mm-hmm. in a PDF like in the background as a layout that you're writing on, and a lot of um, designers have PDF versions of paper planners so Mm -hmm. instead of having a paper planner i have a planner on my ipad that looks like a paper planner and i can write in it and uh you know make my own tabs and just like you said put all kinds of content you can put images you can put audio and video you can do all kinds of things with these these uh digital
0: tools so Mm
1: -hmm. really powerful and fun to work with yeah and then paper.
0: you still use paper though too right or no
1: I kind of live in two worlds. My personal stuff is more digital, but my work stuff, I have the good old fashioned paper planner uh, that I that okay. I take notes in. I'm a scribbler. I need to like physically write notes and things related to work activities. Mm-hmm. So so I do I do both.
0: All right. And we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up one note. It's actually what we use for our show planning and what we use pretty extensively at the Center for Mission and Ministry, at least in the technology department to to capture a bunch of stuff. All of our Mm -hmm. technical documentation, et cetera, is all in OneNote, uh, which is a great tool. It works with uh, obviously Word and Excel and all those things. Uh, But it's again, one of those catch-alls you can throw anything at. You can put attachments in, images, audio files, et cetera. So good tool. Mm -hmm. calendaring is next. We had a show about calendaring not too long ago. And uh, so we won't spend a lot there, but that is a big part of personal productivity is tracking all the commitments that you've made. You know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be meeting with, um, I'm going to block out this time for, you know, all of those things hit that calendar. And uh, we talked about Google calendar before I use Google calendar extensively, mostly for personal stuff. And I use Outlook's calendar for all the the business stuff. Um, so I would really be in a bind if I didn't have access to to either of those because that's uh, that's kind of the hardscape of my day and week and month. So that I've got uh, I've got a sense for where I am, and I'm pretty religious about keeping that up to date. If something changes, that has to change, or uh, I my my little brain will not remember know, where I'm supposed to be or who I'm supposed to be with.
1: Well, and I would even go as far as I look at it kind of on a big scale when I'm scheduling things, but Mm -hmm. my brain would be totally lost if it didn't send me reminders and both Google and Outlook, you can set up to remind you uh, maybe 15 minutes before your next appointment or whatever it is. Um, I totally rely on that. Um, and. Yeah, don't know that I would make it to many meetings without it nudging yep. me in that way. So, yeah, and we've talked about helpful. the
0: value of shared calendars as well. Uh, Debbie and I share our calendars, so she's got a sense for my schedule, and I have a sense for hers, and are not uh, uh, scheduling over each other, which is becoming uh, you know it is a constant challenge. Something that you have to pay attention to.
1: So. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Tasks is next, and it's a pretty short list as far as I'm concerned, um, and that's Trello for us. Um, we put re- basically everything in Trello, whether it's a, a list for camping equipment or trip planning. Uh, then on the, on the professional side, it's basically the to-do list of things I need to do this week, this month, today. Um, we've talked a lot about Trello in the past, and it's really a super flexible tool, mobile-friendly. Um, you can almost you can do almost anything you want as far as task management right within Trello.
1: And there is a mobile app for that, so that mm-hmm. is a bonus as well. Um, I just was reminded as you were talking, Martin, that I do use Trello for some personal things, but actually my easy-peasy task manager is actually Google Keep, um, which is just really, really simple and um, easy to use on a mobile device, very clean, just kind of mm-hmm. make a list, put checkboxes, that kind of thing. And it's shareable, just like yep. other things on Google, you can share your list of things to do. So that's another, you know, kind of more low end thing. Um, task manager that people might be interested in as well
0: yeah it doesn't have a reminder or you know those kinds of things built into it but it's a a good simple i mean that's part of the the secret i think behind Mm -hmm. uh, capturing stuff it can't get in your way it really needs to be simple so Mm -hmm. very true just a couple of things that uh, aren't maybe big categories of tools but things to Keep in mind when you're talking about personal productivity. At least I do, and that is you have to kind of stay. uh, You you mentioned at the top of the show, Sally. One of the challenging things is falling off the wagon. You know, you you drift a little bit, and one of the ways to kind of get back on course is to be really firm about a weekly review where you're looking at your system. You're looking at all these tools where you've entered stuff and where you're calendaring and where you're doing task lists and your document storage and your notes and whatever. And uh, do a, a 360 review of everything that you did in the previous week. So I do this Friday morning, everything you did in the previous week, including your calendar. So you're looking at the meetings that took place in any notes that you wrote about those meetings, because many times those meetings produce to do's things that your brain thinks it needs to to keep track of. So you want to get them out of your brain and into a system and then look at the week ahead. So this weekly review is a week back and a week ahead so that you're, I do it on Friday. So I look at the the next week and I feel a little bit better prepared, um, especially for those things that are happening early in the week where I know I've got to get going. And that sometimes fills my Friday for my, for my Monday activities. Monday is kind of meeting uh, day for, for me. So it's important that I look at those meetings on Friday and determine, you know, what, how do I prep for those meetings? So a little bit of system hygiene on a regular basis is important for, for staying on the wagon for me. It's
1: interesting nuance that you just said, Martin, that I hadn't considered. I do a weekly review, but I typically push it off till Friday afternoon. Like it's Mm -hmm. an easy kind of end of week thing and Friday afternoon seems logical to me, but I always do my best work in the morning and maybe yes. doing it on Friday morning might uh, make that effort even better or notch it up somehow. I might have to try yes. that.
0: And it's going to be different for everybody. Some people like you do it first thing Monday morning, for instance, mm-hmm. but I think the important thing is it should be consistent and that, that you got to protect that time. Exactly. And we know how difficult it is sometimes to protect things on our calendars. Things get, mm-hmm. uh, things get hoisted on us that we have to work around sometimes. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I want to remind people of and encourage people to do, and I found it helpful for me is to schedule thinking time. So it's not just meetings you're putting on your calendar. It's not just to do's, but it's time to, to think, to think about uh, priorities, to think about how you're going to attack a particular problem or, Uh, maybe you're need to, to do some thinking about, uh, approaches to, to different tasks that you have coming up or just thinking in general about, uh, you know, what's going on, where, where do I want to be two years from now, three years from now? What, uh, what should, what should be on my plate? So that's important, I think as well. So it's not just the doing, but it's the thinking that you want to schedule in there too. Uh,
1: good point, Martin. I would say I would fall into okay. I thought of it. Let me get started. You know, like I get excited <laughs> about things and want to do, and so actually saying no, this is not for that purpose. You know, right. maybe would make it a little more productivity mm-hmm. productive um, yeah. in your in your whole scheme. Yeah.
0: One last little piece of advice, and that is uh, don't cheap out on the technology that you're applying to your productivity system. Um, I think the Lutheran in many of us wants to find it as cheap (laughs) as possible and even you know, well, maybe I can get by attitude. And that usually comes back to bite you. Think of it as a long-term investment. You are a knowledge worker. This is what you do. These are the tools that you're going to use every day, day in and day out. I use my phone every day. I use my tablet every day. Um, If I have to fight with that every day, then it becomes a less and less appealing um, thing to do. And uh, if it's not appealing, if it's not, if it's something I have to fight with the technology, and then on top of that, try and get stuff done, I'm not being a very good steward. So spend a little extra money. Usually you get that money out of it too, because the product lasts longer. Not only are you more efficient with it, not only are you a better steward with it in your hands or in your pocket or, or wherever, Uh, but it's going to last longer. So you're not going to have to buy another one in two years. Um, So think about it that way and budget appropriately if you can.
1: Very good. Um, So our series continues and actually has a history as well. And last time uh, on the podcast, Martin kind of discovered and fell in love with Wakelet. And I'm Mm -hmm thankful for that because all the different links we've talked about today martin's put together on a wakelet about personal productivity so if you head over to our show notes wellstech.wells.net you're going to find a link to martin's wakelet where you can get to just tons of resources around the things we've discussed on today's episode and uh very nicely put together and organized so Still thanks fan, martin for that so, work yeah well, good
0: I have ulterior motives, of course, because this will be something I'll use for my my class as well. But uh, I like it. Excellent. All right, Sally, let's move on to our picks of the week.
1: Well, my pick of the week is one I'm going to wash and repeat because it was a pick of the week (laughs) back in 2019, but some times passed since then, and I just continue to appreciate it all the more, and it actually somewhat ties into our discussion, Martin, because my pick of the week is Google Photos, which is the place that I use to store all my photos and organize them and be productive with them. If I want to find them, I can do so easily. Um, But not just Google Photos, the thing I want to emphasize today is Google Albums. I think it has a ministry app, implication or application, Um, and I have just a sample album I'm showing on the screen right now. It's a crochet project that I'm working on, and I take pictures of the the blanket that I'm making as it progresses through the various stages, and why I wanted to show that and what made me think of it in terms of ministry is you could do the same thing for any school or church project that you're doing. You could um, compile all the pictures from all along the way into a Google photo album, um, and easily share that album. You can allow for others to contribute to the album. Um, You can turn off sharing if you want to stop sharing it. Um, But it becomes a collecting point and it's pretty easy to do. People can see the album with the proper shared link without having a Google account at all. But then if you want them to collaborate, then they'd need to be logged in and stuff. But um, I'll throw links in the show notes to all kinds of instructions around Google albums. Um, But I think it could be very helpful for congregations and schools who want to just kind of track things. Maybe as the new school year starts, you set up an album for your field trips or an album for your craft projects or whatever it may be where you're taking photos of things and gathering them together. And all of a sudden it becomes really fun to look back and have all that history there that you can see progress over time. So, That is my pick of the week.
0: Awesome. Big fan. And that's one of the reasons that I spend that little extra money each month to get a little bit more storage because every photo I take goes up there. And Google is pretty smart about collecting these things as well, you know, for a a particular day or event and um, lots of editing tools built into Google Mm -hmm. these days. So it's a Mm -hmm. super tool. Yeah. And easy to share, of course. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, My pick of the week is actually a light bulb. Um, Light bulb (laughs) bulb moment for me. We moved into a new house, as we've mentioned. So I'm trying to make it a smart home, so to speak. And one of the big things that you have to make a decision on is your light bulb selection. In our previous home, we went a certain direction. They were Wi-Fi. This is kind of early days. And we picked LifeX bulbs, which were a little bit more expensive, high quality, but they were all Wi-Fi based. So if your Wi-Fi went down or the internet went down, then some things didn't work right. So I decided I want something that will work even if um, I don't have great internet connection and can work just locally. And uh, there are a couple of protocols that you need to think about or are available to you. One of them is it got a funny name called ZigBee. And these are Zigbee lights uh, from Sengled. Sengled is the manufacturer, S-E-N-G-L-E-D. And uh, Zigbee is the kind of a, the local Wi-Fi protocol that's used. You need a hub that's capable of speaking Zigbee, uh, but they're super easy to, to uh uh, install and faster than Wi-Fi based bulbs uh, because they don't go through the Wi-Fi network. They don't have to go to the cloud. They're just working all within your own home. So they're, they're super fast so that if you've got, uh, you know, voice commands where you're talking to lights or you've got them on uh, some kind of motion sensor, or whatever, Uh, these I find work really well and they're fairly inexpensive as smart bulbs go. I think they work out to about 10 bucks a bulb, nine and a half bucks, something like that. Uh, they aren't fancy in that they don't change colors. Um, even, uh, they do dim, but they don't, you can get them in different colors. Yes. And they do have them in different colors, but the ones that I got, uh, for the 10 bucks don't change colors, which is fine. We are big fans of soft white, uh, so all of our bulbs are soft white, and uh, these work perfectly well. Uh, super easy to set up. I've purchased a couple of packs of eight so far, and um, I am I would so far wholeheartedly recommend this particular brand. So the uh, the, the she who shall not be named works perfectly mm-hmm. with them. Um, and I have not run into any issues whatsoever. So we had uh, our basement is pretty large. We have a ranch now. And so we've got a pretty large footprint for a basement and it's got seven bulbs down there, kind of the bare bulbs, you know, hanging from the ceiling. And they all had pull chains. So if you wanted to turn all the lights on down there, when we moved in, you had to walk around the entire basement. like an exercise program. Every string, yes, exactly. (laughs) So I said enough of this. Um, so I hooked <laughs> up these smart bulbs, and now they all go on when I walk down there just by themselves. So
1: and you smile.
0: Yeah, I do a smart every smile. time. Yeah, smart <laughs> every smile. Senglad s e n g l e d smart bulbs. Uh, there's all kinds, but uh, a reputable uh, company that uh, that's been around a while, and they they make a nice bulb. Very Mind good week. Community news and. Feedback. What do we got, Sally?
1: Well, we have a few things to share. First up, I mentioned from our friends at TechSmith, TechSmith, known for their image capturing and video capturing software, Snagit and Camtasia. Um, They're having a free digital event on August 16th, starting at noon Eastern, so 11 a.m. Central. And you can sign up online. um, And they are going to walk you through all kinds of video. Um, information. So if you are trying to communicate these days, video communication is kind of where it's at and they have a full line of speakers lined up they're gonna talk you through all kinds of things the the theme of the day is level up so it's got kind of this eight bit uh imagery around it and stuff but um just making it fun like techsmith does um so noon eastern to 4 p.m so it's four hours total and they've got video um Editing tips for engaging in effective demos and tutorials, considerations before you record, um, distribution, elevate demo videos, just all kinds of things video. And um, probably... I would venture to say, if you sat in on the four hours, you're going to walk away with some tips that are going to help you improve your video game. So uh, why not take advantage of some free professional development from the people that do it. Oh, so well over at TechSmith. So if you're interested, there'll be a link in the show notes where you can sign up for the free event. So
0: get Excellent. registered. And hopefully that'll be recorded and available afterwards as well. If you can't yeah. be there in person at that time.
1: Cool. Right. Right. Uh, Next up, I mentioned from our friend, Rachel Feld. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but Rachel has a, actually it's a Google site that she's put together with Bible lesson media resources. And she took some time this summer to do some updating there. So basically it follows the Christlike curriculum. Um, You can find things by grade level and old Testament versus new Testament. And when you drill down um, the different sets of Christlike or, are organized there and you can get to a particular lesson very easily. And then she's got imagery from free Bible images that you can get to and download easily. She's got a whole slew of online videos around each lesson that you can make use of in your Sunday school or grade school classroom. Um, and she's added even more. Um, so songs are there from YouTube. Um, if you A teacher has shared with her a set of Google Slides for the lesson. She's actually linked to those here. And you can just click to use the template and add the slide deck to your own Google Drive and um, make use of uh, different lesson resources that um, Wells teachers have put together for the particular Bible lesson that you're studying. So, um, all of that packaged together there um, on the website. And I mean, I'm just showing one lesson at one grade level. You can imagine the time Rachel spent to compile mm-hmm. all these resources. Um, in addition to those enhancements, you know, adding more videos as they were available and things like that, she actually listed all the different things she did. And one that I found really interesting was um, she linked to a website called My Little House. And uh, this is a website where they have available different PDF resources that you can um, download and Uses craft projects with your with your students for instance here's one that's a paper nativity scene and when you and they actually have it available in english and in spanish so when you download the file um it comes up and it shows you explanations of how to build all the different things that are in it you can see there's a, a mary and joseph and a shepherd and some sheep and a baby jesus of course so it shows you all the different um things that you can do with it and how to build them. And then as you get, whoops, I didn't mean to click on that. All right. I was close to getting to where the file has the actual cutouts. So when you get way down to the end of the file, after it gives you instructions on how to build everything, then you get the actual cutouts that you can print and build. All right. So that is um, the let's see the name of it. I have it here, my little house. And there's a bunch of these different resources from my little house that you can download. I did notice that some of them are linked to her Etsy shop. So not everything is free and not everything is Bible related, but there is a lot of Bible related um, resources here. So like heroes of faith and they have different files and little things. Um, They have a whole village where you can build, um, a bible town and have different buildings and things that you can make so really cool resource and could be fun to use over the whole school year or sunday school year as you're building a little village um, for for your classroom so thought that was a neat find that rachel added all Excellent. right and i found all of this because Rachel curates a Facebook group called Technology Tools for Teachers, and she actually publicized that she had updated recently um, this particular website. But just an encouragement, if you aren't part of this, Tech Tools for Wells Teachers, um, you might want to join People are posting all kinds of things. Someone was um, getting rid of smart boards, then posted their smart boards up for sale for very reasonable prices and a bunch of projectors as well. Someone else recently posted about um, Lego Mindstorms that they had available because they were switching to VEX robotics. So um, it may be worth your time to join this Facebook group as well. So that's what I've got for you today, Martin, for community news and feedback
0: wonderful if you want to contribute um that is super easy to do uh, to this segment and that mm-hmm. is through our show notes page wellstech.wells.net um you'll see across the top all the links to our social media locations send us a good old-fashioned email if you like wells.net. um But this show notes page has all of our shows, all the information, all the links um, are are all there as well as our upcoming schedule. So take a look at that, and uh, that is a place where we capture all that stuff uh, over the years. So take advantage. We are going to continue our series Enhancing Ministry with Technology next time, and we'll be talking about all things mobile. Uh, smartphones, tablets, all the apps and such that, uh, hopefully enhance ministry with that particular technology comes with some caveats, of course, but a lot of possibilities there. Thank you, Sally, for your participation, all the work you do. Uh, Appreciate that. And thanks to all of our listeners and viewers. We really appreciate you tuning in, giving us a little bit of your time every other week. And uh, we hope to see you, hear you sometime soon, uh, maybe as soon as uh, two weeks. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.